You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today we're talking about 10 different ways to improve your vocabulary. Hello there and welcome to English with Monty. We're on episode number 15. I have Gideon back. We've been doing a few episodes actually over the Christmas period. I've been finding it difficult to get some more interesting people on the show. I apologize he's back. Hi Gideon, how are you doing? Thank you for that vote of confidence, John. You made me feel <laughs> really welcome. You really do it for your lovely listeners. You I'm do. You, you don't do it for me, do you? Well, no, you, you do. You teasing do. you. I hope you're you, teasing me. I am teasing you. I love you on the show and it's great to have you. I think this is the fourth one we've done in a row now. Oh, really? And yeah. yeah. You don't um, have any other friends. <laughs> well, I'm trying desperately to get other people involved. <laughs> they I'm will ha- say no. The next episode will be an interesting one. I'm going to do it on enunciation and get two actors involved. I think that's going to be a nice that's episode. Cool. Well, I don't know. This episode. I'm not good enough for that one, then you're trying to say. <laughs> Are you an actor? Because <laughs> I can't enunciate and I'm not an actor. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I thought I'd get a couple of non native speakers involved to make it a bit more interesting. But we can do one of those together. Today, do you know what we're going to talk about? No, I don't. I'm a bit nervous, actually. Because you sent me a link. Listeners, just before the podcast, John sent me a link and said, don't click on the link until I tell you to. So you made me a bit nervous. It is going to be a very nice topic, though. I think we're going to talk about vocabulary. We're going to talk about different ways you as an English learner can improve your vocabulary because i think vocabulary is one of those things that's very important but often we neglect it don't we we do at the moment i'm doing a spanish exchange and i kind of know the fundamentals of how to speak spanish but so often i just don't know the words even just with basic things i think it's a, a good thing to work on on a day-to-day basis so we're going to look at 10 different ways to expand your vocabulary Ah, interesting. First can of I all, click on the link now? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> the, for, the, the forbidden link. The forbidden see. link. Okay. Oh, oh, there it is, yeah. I think this website is quite useful. It's about global communication. It's trying to basically help you with ideas, like simple ideas as to how you can improve your vocabulary. We'll start off with the first one. So learning things in context. Oh, yeah, really important. When you're talking in general, I mean, even if you're in your own language, it it obviously helps, doesn't it, to remember things in context. The idea of learning something in context is that you're connecting things together and then you're creating perhaps something in your mind which will help you remember things a bit more clearly. Exactly. Maybe I can give an example, a practical example. Yeah. Because I live in France, in Paris, and a while ago, I had a leak in my apartment. Mm. And because of that leak, I had to contact plumbers and get everything done. And now I'm an expert in French vocabulary related to plumbing. (laughs) I'm not saying you should go and, you know, take an axe to your pipes just so you can learn the vocabulary. No. But yeah, it really helps just having to use the words in context. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's not something that you would discuss in everyday life, is it? About your 
your leak unless you had one. And also as well, I mean, the same pronunciation for leak, the vegetable, just spelt slightly differently. <laughs> yes. I didn't say to the plumber, I have a poireau in my apartment, <laughs> which is a, a, a leak, a vegetable leak in, in French. Really. It'd be rather strange if green long <laughs> vegetable coming from your ceiling. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think it's true. If you if you like knitting, then do some knitting classes in English. If you like playing the banjo, play the banjo and learn the words. So everything in context, yeah. If you do knitting, it actually helps your memory anyway, apparently. Oh dear, I've got poor memory. I don't knit. There you go. You need to start knitting. Right, starting today. Don't have a knitting needle. I've got chopsticks, not knitting needles. Does that, does that help? Uh, not sure about that. You might need some knitting needles. I, I need a scarf at the moment. It's quite cold in London. Are you allowed out? You can go to the shop. Okay. I think the next one is one that you always talk about. Reading, isn't it? I think mm. reading is always a good thing to do. I think because it's often neglected this day and age. I mean, there's so many advantages of living like 2020. You have all these fantastic things at your fingertips. You've got uh, your phone for apps and you've got YouTube and free videos and Netflix. You can watch a TV series. The one thing that's in the actors, people think you can learn through these things. You can, but reading for vocabulary, reading does really help. Read something which is a bit difficult, not too difficult, a little bit difficult. And it makes a huge difference. You agree? Yeah, very much so. I think reading, as you say, is neglected. And I guess it's because there's so many distractions, isn't there? But I think it's also kind of pretty therapeutic in a way isn't it It makes you feel relaxed but also most people come up with an objection for me when they're reading in a foreign language where they're like oh you always have to look up loads of words it doesn't make it so much of a but pleasure that's the point <laughs> partly <laughs> well it is but i foreign language yeah. of course but i would say to people that if you're doing that then maybe say to yourself okay i'll just look up one or two words a page and then try and think about the context and see if you can work yeah. out what the other words mean so therefore, it makes it a bit more pleasurable to do that. There are obviously English learning books as well. Penguin do a good series of books for English learners, and they actually give a guide in terms of the level and the number of words in the book. So if you're an intermediate learner, then typically the number of words is related to being an intermediate learner. And then often they have a list at the back of the book with the meanings of the words that you can look at which I think is very useful. Yeah. Have you ever used one of those dual books where you have the left-hand page in English and the right-hand page in French, for example? To be honest, I don't like them. Okay. <laughs> Personally, I don't like them. The reason is because I did try and use them and I ended up just reading the English side. I get bored <laughs> in the end. And I was just reading the English side. I just wanted to see what happened in the end of the story. Okay. So now I just prefer to read something at my level whatever language i'm learning at my level mm. and just look up the words i think there are like two types of people there are some people who just like to get the gist of the story they don't mind they don't want to look up every single word and i think most people like that me i'm a little bit obsessive i'm kind of obsessive i hate not knowing what something means so i'm constantly looking up the word in the dictionary but for me that's part of the pleasure and i just read less just mm. read like a few pages but I try to understand everything. That's just my way. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, it's adapting to how you are as a person, because I think yeah. particularly with learning languages, you've got to understand how you 
do things effectively, don't you? And how you memorize things effectively. Mm -hmm. And this is often, I guess, why when somebody learns one language, it makes it very easy for them to learn another language because yeah. they already know their methodology. They already know what they like doing and they already know how they can improve. Exactly. You've got to adapt these things to yourself, haven't you? Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think watching and listening at the same time can be very useful. Mm. I think to what it can be something like your videos, obviously on later than talk TV. Thank you, you for mentioning that, by the way. No problem. I thought I'd get it in early, <laughs> but doing something like that, I think is nice because you can relate what somebody is saying. And then also I've noticed quite a bit of the time you kind of put subtitles at the bottom, don't you, to help people out Always. And give people tips. I think that really helps question is though let me ask you this question john subtitles or no subtitles when you're watching something in a foreign language and you've already got an understanding do you put on subtitles or no subtitles i would normally do it with subtitles i remember in italy i would do it and i often found it very useful because it just helps you to fully understand the word because if you can see it written down and you hear it as well then often i think with the brain it makes it easier for you to remember it uh, i agree I like reading subtitles. I think you get used to it. There is often a complaint from students that they don't tend to like doing it. I suppose to some extent, it depends how used to doing it you are. It would be fair to say, obviously, in the UK, we don't dub things, do we? we if it's no. a foreign language film, we would put subtitles. People rarely watch foreign language films. Not um, mainstream, and people do, but it's not a mainstream thing, I should say. That's true. I mean... Sometimes you have the Scandi Noir detective series, which is quite popular nowadays, aren't yeah. they? And we would always watch with subtitles, wouldn't we? So I think subtitles is more about a skill, isn't it? Developing mm. the skill and getting used to doing it. I should also say just one of the things. Occasionally I watch something in English, but it has subtitles of a language I know. Well, basically you know, French, Spanish, maybe a little bit of something else. I like to see how they translate it. So how they translate the English that I know into the foreign language. Mm. As a person, I can't find that useful myself, yeah. Because, okay. ah, oh, that's a good idea. I never thought of translating like that. That's quite a good idea. I've never thought of that. I guess you can do that nowadays on most programs, can you, on Netflix and things like that? It's for nerds like me, that oh. thing. Titles in their own language. I think that could be a good tip. I might do it myself. Another aspect that I always think is good Talking about visualizing something, I think we could also take it a stage further with not only using visualization, but also thinking about sensors as well. First of all, the idea of visualizing something is the example they've given here is that in Spanish, the word for table is mesa. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you create a picture in your mind of a messy table because you're kind of connecting a mesa. No, that's really good advice. I try to do that. I try to use that kind of thing, especially I've, I've been trying to learn a little bit of uh, Japanese because it's easy with like a Latin language because it's something that relates to it, some sort of cognate. But with a Japanese language, often there's no connection. So you have to use these tricks to try and memorize the words. So, yeah, I think that really helps. But when I was talking about other senses, it's kind of like maybe thinking about a smell or a touch in a situation. I don't know if you've yeah. noticed this, but when your memories as a child are often very associated with this idea of 
touch or smell, aren't they? Those are kind of strong yeah. memory triggers, aren't they? For example, I always remember when I first went to Italy, I stayed with this host family and they had this boxer dog and the boxer dog would be very friendly and come up to me at breakfast time and kind of wipe his jowls on my leg. So I would learn the word for slobber, basically. So saliva, which was bava. And I always remember it because of the dog and it was disgusting. I, I will never forget that word for that reason. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Powerful images as well. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. good advice, yeah. If you would like to hear more of Gideon's lovely voice on his own podcast about curious and interesting things about the English language, it's Zeitgeist Banana. Just search for Zeitgeist Banana where you get your podcasts. You will find some wonderful and interesting stories with more of me, too. Using mnemonics, which I think is quite a good idea. So what do we mean by mnemonics? Is that like saying, I can't think of an example. You have to <laughs> putting letters together to make a word and you use, no, I, I'm, I'm lost. You, you, you go ahead and explain. You're more or less there. I mean, it's like kind of a rhyme or an acronym. Yeah. For example, you have tongue twisters. I think in every language you would have tongue mm -hmm. twisters. In English, you could say Roger ran, ran the ragged rock. Obviously, you're using the same kind of sound together, which is not necessarily, well, I suppose it is a rhyme, isn't it? In the sense that you're still using the same sound, but using things like that in order to create a memory similar to things you would use as a child, isn't it, really? But I remember Roy Gabiv to remember the rainbow as a child, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violent. Violet. <laughs> I don't say violet. Violet. <laughs> violet rainbow. I don't think I use it much for learning language. I'm sure it's a good idea. Maybe I should start. I didn't think of that, but yeah. That's a good thing about doing this, though, isn't it? Because it kind of helps us with our own language mm -hmm. learning ideas. An acronym, I guess, is maybe the acronym can be something related to your own language. So maybe, I don't know, HIT, so H-I-T, and then you think in the language of a phrase that is linked to that so that you can memorize in that way, which I think is quite a clever idea. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. He did. I'm just getting these flashbacks from childhood now when you're talking about these monomics. It's not helping anybody learning <laughs> English or anything else. But we don't want to hear my flashbacks, my traumatic childhood experiences in school. <laughs> I think this tip is a very nice little tip, and it's very simple, is to carry a small little vocabulary book around with you, something that you can slip into your pocket. But also as well, of course, nowadays, smartphones or tablets can be used. I think the advantage of maybe using something like a notebook is that I often find if you write things down with your own fair hand, it can help you remember things. I love this idea. And actually, I used to have a notebook I wrote down vocabulary and expressions I like in a foreign language. And whenever I was waiting for a train and a bus, we're going back to the time before smartphones, mm -hmm. of course, I, I would whip it out and read it whenever I had a few minutes. And fantastic. Definitely do that. I think this is good as well, especially if you run out of battery or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I think flicking through pages as a review is a nice thing to do. 
rather than watching a screen, it's a bit of a break, isn't it? So I think that probably helps yeah. in terms of a memory yeah. aspect. Really helps. And you can even add small illustrations if you're a good drawer. And also it's it's kind of fun because then years later you can look back at the notebook and see how far you've progressed and what you were learning at the time. It's mm. kind of a diary as well of, of your, your learning. Very much so. Yeah, that's nice. And following on from that, it's the same idea really, isn't it? It's about being curious. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're with a notebook, you're in the position of curiosity almost, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Look around you, make notes. Being curious for any language is very important, isn't I it? I think so. That's why we learn a language in the first place, I would say. It's, it's curiosity. It's mm. just what it like to think in a different language, mm. to be able to say things in a different tongue, yeah. And I think also as well, what people miss out on by not learning a different language is that you understand people in different countries and different cultures better, don't you? Mm. So I think yeah. if you're genuinely curious about somebody's culture and genuinely interested in their people, I think you're more likely to do well with the language. Definitely. It's all about curiosity as well. You're absolutely right. The next one, I think, is a great one because it's something that we don't often think about. But doing things just little and often, so not studying 100 words at the same time and spending three hours at your desk, I think it's 5, 10, 15 minutes a day can mm -hmm. do the trick quite often. I think so. Just our concentration span is 20 minutes or something, isn't it? Well, mine's about two minutes, but <laughs> most people are <laughs> 20 minutes. I think so. Little and often. And I think if you were to learn, let's say, two or three words a day, and literally all you do is you look something up in the dictionary, you look for something that you think might be quite useful, and then you write it in context, do that for two or three words, well, that's going to take you 10 minutes, mm -hmm. repeat them out loud, there you go, you probably learn those three words. And also, I remember this tip about you having to repeat something 15 times. They were saying on average, if you repeated something 15 times and if you were to do it in context and out loud, then you're most likely to remember it. Yeah, I think 15 times. That's about right. Yeah, funny. One of my students said exactly the same thing, so must be correct. <laughs> you need to use it or lose it as well. Use it or lose it. Hmm. I think that's, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to keep up. You've got to practice. With the example that you gave about the plumber, I mean, if you don't have another leak for another three <laughs> years, you're going to forget it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to forget what a washer is <laughs> in French. But yeah, you're, you're correct, yeah. If you want to keep up with your plumbing vocabulary, you either have to become a part-time plumber mm -hmm. or move to a, a house that's older than your current house, so you're more likely to have a leak. Exactly. Yes. Do I need the plumbing vocabulary, though? That's a good question. Once every two or three years anyway, hopefully not that often. Can I say something which is a little bit irrelevant, but maybe relevant, mm -hmm. depending on how you define it? Do you know French plumbers in London can earn a lot of money because there's a big French community in London they can speak English but they can't speak to a plumber they don't have the words and so they look for a French plumber when they have a plumbing problem and they pay a premium they pay a lot of money and they can earn big bucks just by being a plumber that speaks French in London there you are 
another reason to learn plumbing vocabulary. What are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) I've only the vocabulary, but I don't know the the plumbing bits. You might have to do a bit of a course, get up to speed on plumbing, and and then you could serve the French market in London. Yeah. This also comes back to the idea of reviewing and refreshing. I mean, I think you always need to review things, don't you, and refresh your memory. Mm -hmm. Reviewing your notebook is good. And working with flashcards can be nice as well because that's a visual thing. Or putting sticky labels around your house. So you could put a sticky label on your fridge so you know the name for a fridge in seven different languages. Don't forget good conversations as well on, on certain subjects. If you've got someone else to work with, that's always helpful. Yes. Have conversations on the subject. Let's just want to add that one in. Conversations are vital, aren't they? Because if you're having a conversation about something, then yes, you're definitely reinforcing the memory and the idea of using it. And I guess it's also for pronunciation that really helps, doesn't it? Because if the other person is a native speaker and they're obviously pronouncing things clearly, that helps you copy and replicate, doesn't it? Yeah. So you just have to gather together with your French friends and French plumbers and just talk about that (laughs) all day. (laughs) Talk about plumbing it's gonna be an interesting conversation it's gonna be very interesting yeah did you hear about the new washer that came out last year mm. do you want to know what a washer is in french go on tell me a joint you see i remember that a joint okay. like joint spelled like joint that's that's useful to know i mean maybe we should explain to the listeners what a washer is a washer is like a rubber disc isn't it that stops your tap from leaking for example yeah, you define it perfectly. But now you know. You think you'd learn about plumbing today, did you, <laughs> listeners? You see, the listeners now know one plumbing word in the English language. So if they ever do, or two plumbing words, uh, they have leak as well. If you ever have a leak on your tap, then you need to check the washer first of all. And they know that there's a vegetable called leak. <laughs> L-E-A-K. They might not know what it is, but they know. That it exists. L-E-E-K, sorry, spelling wrong. <laughs> L-E-E-K is the vegetable. Culinary speaking, leeks are quite important in Britain, aren't they? I love my leek and potato soup. Mm, a classic. It is a classic. That's more or less it. And I don't know if there are any other things that you can recommend. I've got one weird one. Do you want okay. something weird? Because I'm a bit weird. It's not for everybody, I should say. Read, the, read the dictionary. I used to sit on the sofa with a Spanish English dictionary and just read some pages from it. They say, I quite like that. I'm I'm, I'm a bit weird, I said. I don't think that's necessarily weird, though, is it? I mean, I think it's always useful to do things like that. It's not. I know it's out of context. You need need to use the words in conversation. But I just found it uh, just an interesting thing. I just put it out there. Well, it's nice. For anyone who's as weird as me. (laughs) Hopefully not too many listeners are that weird. There might be one or two. In fact, let us know how you get on, if you found any of these particular tips useful. And if you want to write in, it's john, which is j-o-n at montyenglish.co.uk. And also Gideon has his own podcast, which is rather special too. I am going to promote it now. Zeitgeist Banana is the name of the podcast. And we have a YouTube channel called Let Them Talk TV. Can I promote both? Listen you can them. promote both, yes. They are fantastic. John they is fantastic. Yep. We are sensationally fantastic as yes. well. I quite often feature on Gideon's podcast. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I kept that quiet, actually. 
Joe, Joe yeah. is there too. You can hear more of John's lovely voice now. They'll be flocking to your podcast now. Everybody's going to be listening Absolutely. to it. Thanks for joining us. I hope those tips were useful. And by this time next year, you're all going to be experts in plumbing language in English. We're going to have a flood of foreigners coming to London, probably using French words and doing some plumbing jobs for French people potentially as well. That'd be great. Thanks very much for joining us today. And you've been listening to English with Monty. Mm-hmm.